0: welcome to the prog talks with uncle prog once again uh and today i have with me venezuelan musician uh abraham Sarach- sarache yeah i'm Ab- sarache. Sarache. Yeah, <laughs> trying trying my best there and we have a guest guest with a, a neighbor with a hammer but you you know yeah. we're gonna try and get past that and hopefully he, <laughs> he, he he lets up at some point so how are you doing uh, abraham
1: I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. How are you doing?
0: I'm very well. Yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm going to jump straight into the difficult questions here because, you know, uh not okay. every listener or watcher might be uh familiar with with the music that you create. So, yeah. is that it's that dreadful and terrible question, you know, how would you describe the music of uh, Abraham Saraje? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> what uh yeah it's a difficult one because it is um, difficult yeah from a creator perspective you have one intention or you have like one point of view Mm -hmm. but people that listen to your music have another very different um i have that experience after concerts i went down and oh guys how do you like it oh you guys sounds like system of a down and i was like Okay, perfect. I, I take it. Yeah. One girl told me, one uh, like um, journalist in Spain in our first Spanish tour, told us, like, oh, you're like a Turkish tool. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I will take it also. <laughs> it's like well, tool with some Arabic and like exactly Eastern influences. And I was like, okay, it's, that's not, nothing that I would use to describe my own music. But in general, what I use is like this. Um, I'm a highly rhythmical person. So I start composing from the bass. Then I do drums. Then I do guitars or whatever. And then when I have some very nice music that creates that uh, emotional connection, you know, and at the same time um, create something interesting rhythmically. I need those two things, good rhythm and uh a big emotional charge yeah. to the music yeah. instrumentally. Then I feel inspired to write lyrics, to go write some concept, because um I like that uh the whole like artwork has meaning, you know. Mm. I like that uh I think that nowadays um, music kind of Lost a little bit that artistic point of view well so, as,
0: especially pop music maybe or more yeah more yes, common music yes. yeah
1: and and before it wasn't was not not just like uh something that was just for rock musicians or something people used to make something more artistic in all and, genres, you know exactly it was more, more more normal and uh no it's a little bit like the exception of the rule or something,
2: and yeah. I, well
0: I don't maybe- know i i, I Maybe also I, I the, been... maybe also this thing that music, uh, at least for more for people in general, has become like a uh, more mass-produced or like a factory-produced produ- thing to create like a single that will garner interest every week, and then we just move on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit like harvesting uh, likes and views and things like this that um, they don't make any sense. Because you ask these people that have thousands of thousands of thousands of millions of views, it's like, which of your friends likes your music? Or do you know anybody that likes your music? No, but I have thousands of views. And how mm. many cities do you sell? I don't know, but I have thousands of views. So that's the only thing they have that is, at the end, something that many people even buy. You yeah. have thousands of outlets to buy these kind of things. So it's not really meaningful. You should work on your music. But we're going out of, of the subject, sorry. <laughs>
0: we are, we are. And, and I wanted to say that, you know, from my side of it, as sort of a amateur music journalist, I would, I would use words like, you know, progressive. I would use like, uh, if not math rock, then like rhythmically complex metal or rock. I would use folky insp- influences to describe your music. Uh, do you think that that, not maybe fully covers it, but I'm touching on something that's... Uh...
1: Yes, the the point is that music, musically speaking, it has like a wide variety from, let's say, pop rock to progressive metal. So it yeah. has a lot of things in it. So it can get really hard or it can get really soft. And I like both extremes of it mm. within rock music. Yeah. And yes. uh, I always add some stuff from funk because, for instance, the bassist likes a lot of funk stuff and slapping and things. So that's cool because he kind of enhances the music that I do with different uh, rhythmic patterns. But for instance, from the vocally point of view, from the vocal point of view is I'm highly influenced by the 90s, um, ah. crunch, the scene and alternative rock.
0: Exactly. So yeah. I like
1: very much that, um, Raspy vocals, um, not to be completely in tune, a little bit off the key. I, I like see. to play with those things. Yeah. Um, and nowadays metal is overproduced. Also, you know, drums sounds like a machine, bass sounds like a guitar, guitar sounds like I don't know what, a <laughs> novo, An and uh, and vocals is like a like a diva kind of thing.
0: Super right. yeah.
1: auto tune. There's no rock in it
0: yeah, anymore. Per, per, you know? Like oh, perfection is like to the yes. point of it becoming sterile. Yeah. Y-
1: yes. All that dirtiness from bulk calls, all those, uh, uh, that's where I like to be. And that also, I think, plays a big factor in creating our identity mm. as a man. Because many people, how they are used to the very Polish products nowadays, they immediately reject it you know like this is strange this is not what i'm looking for and that's perfectly fine because it's a filter what i focus on is people that like more that visceral vibe
0: exactly and i have to say i find that very interesting because while you were talking now about this you know the modern overtly produced and you know how things are 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 perfectioned in the studio or with computers i was like thinking you know i wonder how some of those classic bands like a band like motorhead would sound like with today's production and today's you know would it have the same impact with a lot of that emotion that rawness had been you know sucked out of the music by a a, a perf- perfect production like we call it today so so I find that, uh, and especially within progressive music, you know, where, where perfection seems to be so important for many performers, I find that a breath of fresh air to see you, you know, coming in from a little bit of a, almost like a garage ba- band left side of it. So, yeah. I've...
1: Yes. Yes, a little bit of that. Because, you know, when we train, when we rehearse at the studio, I am really like a proper like free control, you know? This note has to be go here, this needs to be here, this needs to go there, the sound is not right, this is okay, this is not so good, you can improve, you need to do more stamina on, on drums, the bass is not too loud, I am too soft, this is weird, my voice is out of tune, all this stuff, <laughs> but that's rehearsing, you know? Yeah. You get the best out of the band in the rehearsal room, but then when we are out in the stage, I don't want metronomes, I don't want backing tracks, that's all like... Man, uh, what happened to the rock music? It became like a contest, like a Eurovision thing. Hmm. And I'm fine with people if they like that. But that for me is not rock music. That for me is television rock music. And I don't want to do that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and and once again, I'm very, uh, you know, your your thoughts mirror a lot of the the ideas or the the discussions I've had around this because when a band goes on stage today, it's it's like you say, it is easy to bring the backing tracks, to bring the you know the click tracks yeah. and everything to make it as perfect as possible. But then again, you don't get that strange feeling of experiencing something totally unique, you know, where. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, in the nineties, seeing bands where I was like, "Well, they have a piano part in this song, but they don't have yeah. a pi- pianist on stage. What are they going to do?" Yeah, and then suddenly yeah. the guitarist played an acoustic part or something, and and it was like, "Oh, yeah. this is cool because it's different this than on amazing, the album." Yeah, yeah, but you don't get that so much because now that keyboard part will just be in the backing track anyway if they want to. So
1: yeah, oh, well, you know what? You know what is the good thing about technology? But nowadays you have these kind of things and you have uh, a mobile phone and you are set. Yeah. You have like all the analog stuff. If you want to get very weird about it and carry yeah. all the stuff with you, <laughs> be my guest, you know, break your back for a gig anywhere. Mm-hmm. But something like this can help you. You know, I that's the reason because I love people like Jordan Rudis, you know, they don't stop amazing you with like new technologies that can still uh, allow you to make music in the old-fashioned
0: way. Yeah, organically, even the, if it's yes. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And because I, I, t- I, I have
1: t- the chance to make a lot of mistakes in that keyboard when I'm playing live, nervous, seeing the people that they are looking at me and say, "Oh, I don't like this guy." Yeah, that's where the good music comes from.
0: I agree. I agree. And with that tension comes, you know, the, yeah. that emotion and that edge that you need to have when you see a musician on stage. So, yeah, yeah. I want to I move along to your, your releases, your albums, your album and EPs, you know, because so far you have released three releases, right? Uh, yep. First was a, a full album called The Gardener that was released in 2016. Yep. Then you have two EPs first the kaleidoscope of fears in 2018 and then kaleidoscope yes. of dreams in 2020 it's like last year so yes. i wondered what what uh, to talk about the eps first what can you tell us about them because they seems to be thematically connected or at least have a yeah. um, talking about the the positives and negatives of generation y right
1: Yes, that's a little bit this, um I mean, if you live in, nowadays society is um, like inevitable to come across changes in behavior, yeah? Changes in how people used to do things before and now how they use, now how they do it right now. So um I am a little bit in between two generations or even three, you know? I grew up in a way where everything was very raw mm. and tough. And uh, it was a little bit like man up and do this kind of things. You yes. say that to a kid nowadays, you end up in prison. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this kind of things. Um, gen- new generations are highly sensitive to a lot of things, to criticisms, to competitivity. Uh, but at the same time, those things have good sides and a bad side. Yeah. And that's what these two albums are or EPs are about. I wanted to do them together, but um I thought like I oh, was not doing two EPs and separate and try to make like different sound on each of them, yeah, creating one more gloomy and doomy, the other more positive. And at the same time, um yeah, keeping it together, you know. So in Kaleidoscope of Fears, we have let's say the negative things that yeah. I see on nowadays society, um, it's like this whole social media influence on people, all this, like, uh, there's a song that's called Batitian Mimicry, that is actually what the non-lethal animals do to mimic the lethal animals.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes, so they they people the other animals they don't touch them because they think oh these guys yeah
0: it's yeah but
1: they yeah. are not they just mm. look like like the coral snake and this kind of things so this is a little bit how I see nowadays society everybody's putting these frames on Facebook for mm-hmm. France and Notre Dame and Israel and Gaza and blah 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 yeah. but people actually don't are not really activists they just want you. To know that they care. Yes. That's a little empty, you know?
0: It yeah, it is, yeah.
1: So it's like to give an example of kaleidoscope of fears. It's more this kind of thing. How social media influence people, um mass um information, this like bias, this kind of thing. And Kaleidoscope of Dream is more the positive side because, like I said, people are more sensitive. They are more conscious about things. And that creates a lot of more volunteering, more work towards more, humani- more humanity among us, you know? Yeah. People are, yeah, I don't know, man. All this um, situation with uh, gay people, uh, black people transgender exactly. all this stuff i i couldn't even think about those things when i was a kid you know he was like oh, oh these people know these yes. people like this you know and nowadays seeing these changes to me is really like like cool you know it's yeah, like finally it's,
0: people i agree changed. It's, it's a very positive thing and and you know even for for me who you know is norwegian and comes from a you know, a very, you know, egalitarian society in that way, you know, you see big changes in how, you know, minorities are thought about how they are, how people approach these issues. And like you say, they are, there are a lot of, even, you know, the things you mentioned as negatives has positive sides, because of course, a lot of people will put that on their you know on their facebook or whatever but for some people and a lot of young people they actually go beyond that they go into activism they try to do something they you know they get encouraged by friends and and the community around them to do stuff so it's like you say it, it has negatives and positives and I, I found that very interesting listening to your you know i've, I've never heard anyone write about or tackle these issues in this way and uh, yeah, I, I enjoy those those two EPs
1: Yeah, I don't know, normally when I write music, I always the song always have uh, let's say like an idea, a concept that I want to develop, but I base that um, lyrics and whatever I'm writing there based on personal experiences
2: mm, yeah. so
1: my songs always have the side that I want to represent, the message that I want to give, my personal experience there. So it's always has that dichotomy, you know. So it's it's uh, different, you know. It's like I say, I want to do things that are different and mm-hmm.
0: is for this, this age. Yes, or uh, is with the the kaleidoscope EPs, is this um, what can I say? This uh, concept or this story uh, finished, or could you? See yourself doing more with this generational thing in the future?
1: I could do more, of course. There's always something more to talk about. There is, I mean, I mean, in 10 years, these CDs are gonna be like obsolete. If I'm gonna say, <laughs> what is this guy talking about, you know, and that's well, the cool thing about it.
0: Well, it isn't a snapshot then of our time, you know, in, in yeah. that way. But at the same time, you know, it's like you say, in, in 10 years. Hopefully, in a positive way, we will have moved on, and some, especially some of the parts of uh, F- kaleidoscope of fears, maybe will hopefully not be as persuasive in society as they are today. But who knows? You know, things go yeah. back and forth all the time. And and then yeah. I want to you know mention the the first album from 2016, um, the Gardener, because that's yeah. that's a different uh, concept or theme. But it's also to, to do with relationships and humanity. I feel, and so what can you tell us about the debut?
1: Yeah, well, I always had this uh, idea or theory or whatever, and in bars, conversations with friends, having beers, and I always say that um, you are always or the gardener or the flower in any relationship, friendship or whatever. Mm. So there's always a person that cares about you and the person that is taking care uh, t- being taken care of so it's like um you always have this you know you always in a relationship or you are the one who is looking to cultivate that relationship or you are the one that just takes and it's like oh, okay you're okay with it yeah. and uh, the best case scenario would be that both would be feeding
0: each other that yeah.
1: relationship Yeah. That is not not common. Uh, I divided the album in nine chapters, and uh, it was a, I had like a very short but intense relationship during some a summer with some amazing uh, woman I met, and uh, it was very strange for both of us because it came very intense and it ended up. Very intense, also, mm. of course. <laughs> but this uh, writing this album was my way to give closure to that because um, it was there was no closure. We didn't finish or something. We just stopped talking. I see. It was left in the air, and uh, that's difficult. You know, it's difficult it is when, when it you is... don't have closure.
0: Yeah, it's very difficult to move on when you feel that there's yes. things unsaid or.
1: Yes. Yes. And, uh, well, then I just, uh, divided chapters, nine chapters, like meeting somebody, uh, how you feel like when you have a first connection, um, about acceptance of people, uh, about like, um, the first, first round or collision where you have like differences and, uh, you need to put aside certain things, uh, about hope like the things will get better or not. You know, it's like it's divided in a way that every chapter has like an explanation. You can read it on my website. And uh, every song has two names.
2: Yeah. uh,
1: For instance, the first song is The the Crush, Eyes of Fire. And um, the first part is the name of the song for the album. And the other part is the title of my own album, My Personal Story
0: exactly yeah because i found it very interesting when i read about this you know because i think i recognize myself in you know relationships i've had or relationships i've been in and i think most people diving into the concepts on on this album will find things to to you know yeah so, so I think it just in that regard, it's a very interesting album, and also I felt that it was very, it's very raw, it's very open, and um, like we talked about earlier, it's it's not only the musical part of of your output that has like a a certain rawness and openness to it. It's also you know the concepts and themes, which I find very refreshing. So, so yeah. If you haven't listened to The Gardener, you should. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, I want to I wanna ask them. So uh, how do the, the album and the EPs differ from each other, if they do? Um,
1: In many ways. Uh, the the Gardener was intended to be an acoustic album. Yeah. Only acoustic guitar, quattro and voice does it but I couldn't help myself and I had to add the rest. <laughs> I recorded all the instruments myself and did the whole production myself. Yeah, Of course, my idea was to like highlight, uh, the whole acoustic, uh, theme to that album, to yeah. make it a little bit like my sound, no, know, my, yeah. My presentation card, you know, here we have this instrument, the Quattro, the Venezuelan Quattro, that is like my instrument. And this is what I do, guys. How do you like it?
0: Exactly. In and a like, world
1: dominated by a seven, eight, or nine string guitar, very chunk, 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 chunk. Yeah. I thought it was refreshing and different. And um, many people tend to have that idea that acoustic equals mellow. Can not, doesn't have to be, you know?
0: No, no of course not. Um, but I guess that, that leads me very sp- sp- finally into my next question because of course an interesting very interesting part of your music is the utilization of uh, this venezuelan quattro this uh, this instrument and not only is it the use of this traditional instrument it's also the an electric version of this instrument right so yeah. um i guess uh, many listeners uh, and watchers will not be uh, familiar with this instrument so what can you tell us about it about the cuatro?
2: <laughs> I can show it to you. Yes, please This is the electric do. version.
0: Yes.
1: So yes, now like six of these because I put sometimes double strings on the outside parts. So mm-hmm. you get like an octave sound, like a Tres Cubano. That is like this Cuban Tres. It's really Latin sound. Well, in ba- basically it's like an electric guitar. Yeah. But with nylon strings.
2: Hmm.
1: That's very particular because, uh, I work with a piezo. So I cannot put my hand here or do palm mutings here. I need to play somewhere here. Yeah. I'm originally a guitarist. So I had to change a lot of things. Then these two last strings, they create, uh, what in heavy metal is like, um, drop B, uh, tune, but to octave higher. So. I realized this and I added an octave and I distorted that signal so I can have like a seven string guitar here. Exactly, yeah. And at the same time, I can come back to my clean sound that wouldn't be a guitar sound, it would be a quattro sound. So it would be like. And at the same time, I can do the rasgados of these kind of things, of ukulele or these kind of instruments that are more percussive. Yeah. So I can do things like... The other thing is that on top of that, I create also like a solo sound. So I have that lead guitar sound that I really like so you can make solos like of course here we are listening to the, the, the unplugged instrument of course yeah but i invite you to listen to the music and hear that there is no guitars there it's
0: only yeah. this. <laughs> exactly and this is and this is of course an electric version but this is a, a traditional venezuelan instrument right yes Yes.
1: It's used in, in Venezuela and Colombia in both countries. Mm-hmm. It's um very used like let's say la pampa of those places, very flat earth and a lot of cows.
2: Yes. <laughs> Vegetation
1: does it. <laughs> and um yeah, I, I really I always like the sound of the instrument. Traditionally it's it's like a bigger ukulele, let's say like a yeah. tenor ukulele or something, something like this. For strings 14 frets or 17, depending on the type of instrument. But it doesn't have a lot of output. It drives very fast. Yeah. A lot of things that I had to work out with the instrument of with the yeah. luthier that built it for me. And um, and mainly used for this folk music. You can yeah. look at the after rewards if you want. It's pretty different for what I do. And of course, that also created at the beginning, let's say 10 years ago. Certain rejection from the <laughs> the yes. more prominent figures of the rep- that represent this
0: music, this, yeah, and this instrument in in yeah. Venezuela, yeah. So, yeah. so did you have uh, you know negative feedback then in the beginning for your electric yeah. variant and your yeah,
1: yeah? It was heresy, blasphemy, blah blah blah, <laughs> <laughs> this kind of things.
0: Yeah, but you know.
1: It's like, I don't know. I think that if you don't piss off some people on your road, it's like you are not even trying, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right in that. You know, if you, if you haven't at least pissed off some people, you haven't done anything right. You know, you need, yeah, the, you, you didn't yeah. go outside the box. You just exactly. Stay exactly. where it's safe.
1: And when everybody's going to give you a pat on the shoulder, and going to say, yeah, you sound like Metallica. You're awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well Again, how many it's not, yeah, one one then you're one. Exactly, then you're just one of the very many. If you are enjoying this interview, please head over to theprogspace.com for more reviews, articles, pictures and interviews all about progressive music. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. TheProgspace.com I wanted to ask, then, when did you um, discover the, or when did you start playing the quattro and and how did you discover it, and and what attracted you to play playing the quattro? Because I you said you started as a guitarist, right?
1: Yes, yes, I'm a, mainly a guitarist. Uh, I started uh, playing it in 2007, I think. My mother came for visits. I was living in Spain, and I said, "Can you bring me one of those?" Folk instruments, just to try out, and one of these, like uh, books with chords and stuff, just to see what happens. Because I always liked the sound of it, but I didn't like how it was played. Mm. It's basically played very rhythmical, so the melodies doesn't have any protagonism. It's more like it's a lot of this percussive yeah. thing. Yeah. And, uh, what I like is that in the Quattro, you can make very strange dissonances. Like we were talking about the voice before and all that gloomy, weird, uh, more alternative sounds. Um, so the Quattro was a little bit like, okay, this sounds like a, like a Spanish guitar in a way. Yeah. Uh, or a ukulele, but, um, but it has those strange, it, it has a very strange tuning. Uh, this is A, D f sharp and then b low again, so hmm. like this one, so you can do things like hmm. these kind of things I like it a lot this kind of <laughs> because it's it's a lot of yeah it's different it's, it's a a very, a,
0: yeah
1: it's a very like abstract sound and um, and when you sing on top of that, um it becomes. Something else, you know, it's not just like weird sound, it's like that a bit like out-of-tune sound with mm. the a bit out-of-tune voice, and then some hard hitting drums yeah. Have and you pushed bass. from
0: the yeah, from the back, yeah.
1: So it kind of for the clean parts, for the more um mellow parts, it's really it's really amazing. So I always liked the sound, but I didn't like how they played. So I said, okay, I'm gonna try out. And I started using it in an alternative rock band I had in Spain for five years, and um it worked out very well. And then I say, okay, but I need an electric version because it's very difficult to amplify this instrument live. Yeah. And I got a lot of feedbacks and stuff. So I got my first Quattro, my first custom-made Quattro, like in 2010. And then this one was in 2016. But this one is like it's a world of difference <laughs> from I This see. first one.
0: But that must also have been a very, you know, I don't know about building an electric cuatro. Then how did you, you know, who did you approach to help you you make that?
1: I saw a guy. I, I don't know, you know, in, in Venezuela there are a lot of cuatristas proper cuatro players, that mm-hmm. they are like super famous in their thing and. They have a lot of acquisitive power. <laughs> so, of course, they kind of created that electric quattro uh, path already for me. Yeah. But, for instance, I saw this guy that is like some virtuoso dude that plays this stuff and on television, on Venezuelan television. But he didn't even plug it. So I was like, are you mm, for real?
2: Yeah. It's why, why an you electric quattro and
1: you didn't even, you go to a in. presentation, you do not even plug it? Yeah. He, he treated it a little bit like a toy. But for me mm. it was like a breakthrough. For me it was like and now now this is what I need. Yeah. Now this is what is gonna be my sound. And uh I found uh, out about the luthier and then I started getting in contact to him. Six months later I got a quattro. Well, long story short, mm. it was like my first thing. And of course, I start adding effects, distortion, and chorus, delay, and everything that came, boom, 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 like crazy. You know, like a kid in Christmas. Yeah.
0: What can I do? And uh,
1: yeah, and then I start discovering also the limitations of the instrument. Okay, it doesn't have so much sustain. The nylon strings are difficult because with metal strings it's very easy to do bendings. Yeah, And uh, I also wanted to have the same flexibility from the electric guitar. I couldn't do like pitch uh, harmonics, pinch no. harmonics, like this kind of things. And uh, when I did the second quattro, I already had the wood uh, and the luthier was also more open-minded and more modern too, you know? Exactly. So he yeah. listened to my music. He was like, okay, this, this guy needs something else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> So he was then. He was creating something that w- was more in tune with both with his own experience now and yes. after listening to you, what he also thought you would need. He understood more what you were looking for. Simply, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted to ask you know because uh, my first experience with hearing the quattro was of course when i discovered you and your band and uh, uh i found it very interesting you know you just like if you're a music nerd like me you you find stuff like that interesting and uh, so yeah. i wonder do you feel like the the use of the quatro is helpful in generating interest in your music uh, especially now that you're in europe uh where people i guess aren't that familiar with the instrument
1: it helps, but it's not like uh the most important thing, you know. Because mm. people when they hear the music, they think it's a guitar. It's the first thing they ha- they think. Yeah. Only when they go to the, the like the clean parts, uh they realize, okay, what is this? It's like some ukulele or some Spanish guitar. In like in the records, they don't really notice it. It's harder to the, pick up. The shock yeah. yes, the shock is life. <laughs> life, yes. Life people are like what? And even if they don't like the music, they always come and congratulate me and yeah. buy me stuff because it's like, are you crazy? Are you playing with that thing? Like, you know, all these, we used to play like festivals with like these metal guys, you know, trash, yeah. mal- trash metal bands, you know, big Jackson guitars, B.C. Rich, Rah, <laughs> you know, and then they look at me with that small thing and they're like, "This guy, this was this a joke or something? But when they hear it, chum, 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 they're like, oh my yeah. God, these are nylon they're strings. How cool, do you yeah. distort that? So it's really shocking for people to see that. And besides that, we are a power trio. So we're just three, we're yes. not five or six that normally in a progressive metal band, a modern progressive rock band, there yeah. are a lot of things. So, yeah. It's more, I think, for life,
0: I think, you know, that's that's uh, right. And, you know, even though I I do enjoy uh, listening to the EPs and the album, it's something special with seeing seeing you perform live. And so I want to say, you know, to anyone who wants to check that out, uh, of course, you were a part of uh, our uh, prog space online festival. So yeah. if anyone wants to see the instrument actually uh, played live, that's a, a place where you can go and, and watch uh, Abraham play play the quattro, electric quattro to his full extent. How, how yeah. did you guys uh, feel about being a part of that online festival, by the way? Did you enjoy it?
1: Yeah, it was very good. It was very good, of course. And it was uh, during this year that was really hard for me. 2020 was really... A big disappointment. And uh, it this kind of motivated me, you know, to, to do something different. And, and in those times, we also, our drummer left to Chile. Mm. So then we didn't have anybody. And then came Danny, another drummer, and he joined us for this thing. So we were happy to have him because we were making music with somebody completely new for the first time.
0: Exactly. And it
1: was for this festival. And he, he nailed it, you know. The songs yeah, were pretty good, and
0: did a very good job. Yeah, I think the whole band w- was like, you know, people were impressed. That that was easy to see. Yeah. That's a yeah a, a good segue into me asking. You know, who are these guys you play with, and uh, how did you get in touch with them?
1: Well, through Tristan, there's the bassist, Is now like I would say, like a very big part of my sound. You know, it's like um, he he has. Uh, very big personality, you know as a bassist he's not the typical bass player that just follows you, and he's also not the guitarist bass player with ding walls and direct class that you see <laughs> everywhere nowadays
2: he's like
1: that's not a bassist, that's a guitarist, and he has the skills to do a lot of things, but at the same time he has the producer mindset mm. so he's like, okay. I can play, but here only with mm, works fine.
2: Yeah. So
1: it's a lot of work that I don't have to do, and that's exactly the kind of musicians that I look for: people that are better than me at playing that instrument, particularly, and they can enhance the result yeah, with their personality and their touch. Yeah. being so
0: And you recently got and you recently got a new drummer, isn't that right?
1: Yes. 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 Jan joined us like two months ago or one month ago. I don't remember. Well, he's just preparing the songs right now. And once the Corona thing goes a little bit down, we're going to have our first rehearsal because he lives in Germany. Hmm. But uh, he contacted us to an ad I put about like uh, searching for drummer. And uh, yeah, he's, if you see how he plays, he's, he's spotless, you know. So it's like, (laughs) why not giving this guy a chance? It's just mad, you know, Because it's crazy.
0: Because both you and Tristan live in the Netherlands. Is that, is that right? Yes. Yeah. So that, that makes it possible for you guys to actually do, do some rehearsals together now that the pandemic is sort of hopefully drawing to, to an end, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah, it was like, I, I was, I don't know, since I started this project, my solo project, uh, I've uh, been really happy because I had really amazing musicians all the time. I mm-hmm. cannot complain, you know, it's like crazy. And for instance, uh, after Tristan joined and at the beginning we had another drummer, um, they kind of make the the project, make make it feel more like a band, you know? Yeah. So it was not any more like a soloist thing. It was more like, okay, now everybody does a little bit, and uh, that helps a lot because, of course, I compose songs, I write lyrics, I do the mixing, mastering, edit the videos, do the website, I do almost everything. Yeah. You know, of course. But um, I have that second voice or that support role of somebody that has certain skills to help me out, like Tristan so it's it's never bad to have somebody like that of, of by your side, you know?
0: S- such such a prolific such a uh skilled talented musician as well you know that and, yeah. and i wanted to ask about that you know your creative process then you know uh uh because of course you write the music as you said you write the lyrics you come up with the themes and everything do the uh do do your fellow uh, musicians Contribute anything? Do you have the the songs like completely finished by the time you give them to them, or do things change no. with input from from Tristan and and you know previous drummers?
1: Well, the fa- the first uh, album, I did it all myself because I was by myself and i didn't I didn't have any ambition with it. Of course, I just wanted to release music with my name and, and maybe just keep it like bedroom musician, you know. But things start to happen. Yeah. I was like. Uh, I have to take the chance. I have to find somebody that can play this. And I found Tristan. He learned like three songs in two days. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> you know?
0: Yes, please. So,
1: yes. And um yeah, in general, I say it like this. Now, since the Kaleidoscope of Fears, the last two EPs, I always say it like this. I, I give them rice, plain rice, and they return me paella. You know? <laughs>
0: Wow. That's the best way to put it. That's a very nice uh, way of putting it then. Yeah. So that means that they they actually have quite a a big influence on the end end sound then or the end uh, music. Yes. The the sound,
1: of course. In the sound, of course. uh, And uh, the performance. Like I said, you know, I'm a multi-instrumentalist. So I play seven instruments. And I am very ambitious. Every day. If I can learn something about this microphone, why it's here and why what it takes like this and if mm. I put myself here how it sounds, I am that curious and I don't think that's gonna end <laughs> anytime soon no. so of course, when I choose somebody to be part of of my music project, I am very demanding but once I give them the freedom to do what they want, it's because I feel they can do it and they yeah. are up to the standards
2: yeah. And, and unha-
1: of course they're going to enrich it because they have different influences, different background. And there's also a reason why you play with exactly. uh, different people.
0: And I guess that's also, Otherwise, you know, you being a, kind a, of, yeah, with you being a multi-instrumentalist as well, you know, you would like someone with a, a skill level or something that would be able to add something to the music that you're not able to add yourself. Because if not, if you sit there thinking, you know, I have better ideas or better skills than yeah. this, then it becomes more of a, why don't I do it myself? I guess.
1: Yeah. I realize with, with, with years of experience that, um, you also need to give songs time, you mm-hmm. know, to sink in. Because for instance, let's say I do a baseline, line Boom, 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 boom. And there comes Tristan and it was pumping, tucking, dumping, pumping, And I'm like, oh, dude, this is very busy. This is yeah. kind of what I was thinking about. But now, before I say those things, I say, okay, it sounds busy, but let's give it a chance. Yeah. Let's listen for it for one month. You know?
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Stop, come back to it. And then maybe I can also find myself within his perception of the song. Yeah. And that is very when you can do that as the like main producer or or composer, when you can take that not criticism but that input from somebody else and give it a chance when exactly. you have that flexibility. The only the only thing that's gonna benefit from it is your own music.
0: I agree with and, that. Uh, yeah.
1: So you need to give it a chance. Sometimes it's, it's not the case. Sometimes I just compose some line and then Tristan play it and he say, oh, I like this. I'm not gonna change it, why? (laughs) But I'm gonna change this. I don't like this, or maybe put this effect. What about this? I am more in charge nowadays of the engineering than uh, the phrasing. I do like basic thing and uh, I work a lot on my lines, but I try to leave their lines very flat so they have space. They work. can come up with yeah. ideas, and I also don't trick myself on fixing in my mind that the drums are like this or bass is like this, you know. So
0: that, that works smarter. Yeah, <laughs> you you will be more open to their input. You won't you won't have a uh, like something set in stone in your head before you hear their input, right? And I guess that, yeah. like you said, that comes with experience to to understand that. And having yeah, seen that, probably with a few with with your music and with a few things that things that started out as one thing in your mind ended up becoming something else and something better with the input of the yeah. band members,
2: yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And well, it's, it's, it's
1: and it's that it's, you know it's getting input from people that care. It's not some random oh, yeah. person. Oh yeah. So, yeah, like well, I said, Tristan is a big part of my sound right now and uh it's like no it's not anymore like a solo artist thing it's a it's a band it's a you band know? yeah that's, and that's, uh, that's it the has feeling, my name but it's a band
0: that's the feeling i got when i saw you play for the prog space uh, online festival as well it was very much clear that this was a band and not like A solo performer with like some hired musicians or something yeah very clear when you see you guys that you you are a band so well i I want to you know uh ask you know finally then what is your plans going forward because you know like we mentioned a couple of times this is uh this pandemic is slowly winding down people are getting vaccinated in fact i think you told me that you're finally getting your vaccine <laughs> one of these coming days and uh yes, yeah. tomorrow. yes. And, and, and so so that means hopefully that society will open up a bit more do you have plans uh for playing live uh, with, with the band do you have uh do you, are you working on new music i i seem well, to have yes. read that you have a new album in, uh, yes. in the works
1: yes uh well playing live um we have a lot of things that we had to postpone. Uh, One of those things was Melvek here. That is one of the biggest venues in the Netherlands to play. And so we're very proud and happy to play there, but it's going to be the third time we have to postpone or the second time. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a little like, okay, it's going to happen someday. Yeah. Let's hope that 2022 is is the definite date. And, um... We have also Prague Power Europe. We're going to do the pre party yes. opening at the Castle de Werk. So Can't that's wait for uh, that. an amazing experience. And uh, yeah, I've been preparing for that already for two years.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: And yeah. yeah, exactly my whole life because uh, Prague Power is, is, is gathering with friends, you know, it's Thanks. not. It's like, you know, like, uh, for instance, Tristan, when, when I got the gig, he was like, man, but this is serious, you know, this is a big thing and stuff. And I say, well, man, you know, it doesn't matter if you, if we make a mistake, we just laugh, you know, we are surrounded by friends. It's, it doesn't matter. Seri- it is serious, you but know? it will it's,
0: always be like coming home. So, yes. Yeah. So it's
1: like, I don't have that feeling like, like. You need to show something. And after all, you know, we've been preparing our entire life for this. You know, yes. it's not that I started playing yesterday. So I'm just going to go there, grab a beer, like how I always go and playing the piano for the people. I sounds, will do the same.
0: Sounds good.
1: But just, just with a more professional attitude, of course, of course. I'm going to show you what I do. You know, I'm yeah. going to show you my music and I'm going to show you my guys, you know, my family. Yes. Meet my other family. (laughs) So this is a little bit how I take it. And then we have a postponed Spanish
2: tour. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, Yes. We have another festival in Barcelona, the Totum Revolotun Fest, that is also prog and and jazz and fusion. So that would be also awesome to do it because uh, the scene there is very big and it's like the right people to pay for, you know? It's not like playing, I don't know, Lowlands or something. You yeah. play thousands and millions of people, and then 10 people pay attention to you. That's, that's that's a bit weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. But these people, if they are there 100, 300, 500, those guys are into this music.
0: They are there to listen to you. So even if you, they don't like
1: you. Yes. Yeah. And even if they don't like you, they're going to give you good feedback. They're going to give you like something. Uh, a good feedback on, on your performance, on yeah. your music, things that maybe you are missing out. And it's always great to have that. That's on the live part. Uh, we also had like another other bunch of things to do live, but I just canceled everything because it was
0: yeah, it's so uncertain hope, that yeah, it hope, didn't make any sense. To, yeah, to, to keep those plans up.
1: Yeah. And album-wise, I am preparing a new concept thing. Uh, this one is called A Book of Regrets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's going to be based on regrets of the dying.
0: Oh, sounds, sounds like a jolly album concept. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well,
1: it's, uh, it's a little bit about that. Like, uh, what people think and and, and regret before they die. Mm. I had uh, this idea already for some time, like there, you know, and uh, I came across that there is a lot of people writing about this. I wrote some books. The, f- the funny thing is that I was yeah. reading all this stuff while the whole pandemic was <laughs> happening. The, a lot of people died uh, around my four circle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I start to hear a lot of people, a lot of friends saying things that I thought they would never say. Like... I wish I would have traveled more mm. and they, how they start feeling trapped by the pandemic. Yeah. They had this response, like life was over, you know? And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like I don't feel that, you know, if I die tomorrow, I would be happy. I would be like, I've lived my life very intense Yeah. and, uh, I've done all what I have could done. And, uh, yeah, sometimes you do things that, are not the best way or not in the best you don't end up in the best terms with some people.
0: Yeah, but you but don't it's regret inevitable. It's just yeah. life. You don't regret your mistakes because that's that's just living, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. So it's a little bit like I found it very interesting that uh so many young people had those thoughts, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like
1: uh like, if you have all those regrets right now in your life, what are you doing? Why are you not living? Why you are not uh, doing the uh, whatever you, needs yeah, to be done to exactly. not have these regrets? Yeah. Like, oh, I would li- I would have liked to not work so much. Then just I don't know, do something else.
0: Yeah, work. That's work, your priority. Yeah, prioritize that. Yeah, exactly. But so I guess it's that like you're- I don't know. Then you're touching on the fact, I guess, that a lot of people feel trapped. You know, even if they, yes. yeah. And that's a yes. yeah. Um, that sounds like a very interesting theme for an album. Dark, but interesting.
1: Yes, it's dark, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to to focus it more, of on on um, meditating and and analysing what what's going on than than a critic. It's not a critic. It's just an opinion. No. Not, I see. Yeah, many people tend to to confuse things, and but this that's is just not like,
0: like that's like with your EPs. Like you know, you are an observer. You're you have yeah. a it, it's your commentary on society. It's not you Something like, like it's not like you bringing out imposing the sol- anything exactly yeah. the solution to things. You yeah. just no. yeah do, and that's what that's what that's what art does, right? That's what good art does. It 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 sort of gives me new lenses. It gives us that kaleidoscope to look at the world through and maybe see some other shades of it. So, yeah. Well, I I have to say that you you know, I always love talking to you and uh, so this time as well and, 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 and you know, ending on a positive note that I'm looking forward to the new album I'm looking forward to seeing you guys live at Prog Power and I hope everything is gonna go great with the, the album and the tour and everything for the next for next year. So I wanna say thank you so much for being on the Prog Talks with me, Abraham. And you should yeah, all follow you. yeah, you should all follow uh, Abraham on social medias. There will be links in the description. If you haven't listened to his music, you should absolutely check it out. It's it's amazing. And you can find it on streaming services, and better yet, you can go to his website abrahamsarache.com and buy the albums or merchandise so that's available as well so uh, thank you abraham Uh, and as always to the people watching listening if you enjoyed this give us a like subscribe it helps us out a lot and keep spreading that problem the prog talks produced by the prog space Main host, Rune belsvik Produced by Rune belsvik Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munemis. This was the Prog Talks by The Prog Space. See you in a week.